Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You haven't missed that this podcast is in collaboration with Adidas, right? Not too long, they released Sweden's jersey for the upcoming Euros this summer in England. The jersey contains a full guide on how to stop Sweden, and you can also find this guide at howtostopsweden.com. Be sure to check it out and enjoy this episode. This week's Dirt Pitch player is Freja Olofsson. She plays for Racing Louisville in the NWSL. Olofsson played for Kifarebro for five years before she signed for racing. And within her first year with the NWSL club, she made 22 appearances and started 20 out of those. The midfielder has previously represented Sweden at the U17 and U19 levels. And she's also made two appearances for the U23 squad. You're listening to their pitch and this is the Freja Olofsson episode. So if you want to be American, you can say Freja Olofsson. But if you want to say it correctly in Swedish, you would say Freja Olofsson. Welcome to a brand new episode of Their Pitch. We're here with Freja Olofsson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So I figured we we should just jump straight into it, right? And we usually have the segment where we ask somebody who knows you very well to write a quote about you. And then we want you to guess who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freja is a player that you want on your team and that you don't want to go up against. She understands the game incredibly well and she always fights till the end. When I play with her, I noticed how her presence just lifts the energy the entire training just by being there. She is someone you can trust in every situation and she is a fantastic person. We have a special chemistry when it's Heel Tuesday or when we do Foothead. Who do you think that is? Is it uh, Maya Regnos? That is correct. Oh my god, I took it on the on the last sentence, the foothead. Yeah, I was like, she sent this to me in Swedish, and I was like, how the heck am I gonna... <laughs> translate that. Translate that into English, yeah. So, you started your career in Kifarebro. How come you started playing football to begin with? Um, I think, like, I was a very energized kid, and, um, like, sport has always been around in the family my dad played ice hockey and my brothers did as well so uh, 
I guess on that path, like I needed something to do. So they put me on like this football school for kids and I really liked it. So I started playing. And then, so you never thought about starting with ice hockey? I did actually play ice hockey. Yes. All the way to, uh, until I was like 14, I quit. Cause then I like kind of had to make a, a choice whether to, to play soccer full time or play ice hockey as well. But I always, I always thought that the soccer was so much more fun. So yeah. And, and how old were you when you, when you made your debut in Dalmatsvenskan? I think I was 17. Yeah. So I had trained with, um, Kiefer Brew for a while before that, but then I signed like in the middle of, the summer and then I did my debut during the fall. So yeah. And then if I'm if I'm correct now, then you went to Norway and then you came back to Arabil? That's true. Yes. Yeah. How how long were you in Norway and where did you play? So I was in Norway for one season, uh in Bergen. Uh in a team called Arnabjarnar. So yeah, uh that was like my first trip abroad, like playing anywhere else than Kieferbro. So that was a great experience for me. Um, I didn't play a lot. I think I played seven minutes, then I torn my ACL and then I was gone for the rest of the season. But you live and you learn. That's a tough one. How did you come back from like a torn ACL? I mean, for me, I think that was the game changer. Like I would not be where I am today if I haven't torn my ACL. Um, I got so much knowledge and uh, like my motivation just went crazy. Like I realized like I really want this because for a while I was like done playing. Um, like I wanted to do other stuff. And then I moved to Norway, tore my ACL and I was like, fuck, I really want to do this. Sorry. Now I'm swearing a bit, but yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, I, I learned like I hated to go to the gym. Like I thought like I was strong yeah, I just already like, I was like, whatever. Uh, but when I told my ACL, like going to the gym every day, like I realized like I, I wasn't strong before. And yeah, so I think it began with that injury, to be fair. Was that kind of like a game changer when you realized I want to do this professionally on the highest, highest level? But to be fair, also like I moved to Norway because I wanted to give it a try. Like I wanted to to go to another club in Europe after Norway, maybe. Um, so I kind of already had that mindset, but like, I didn't realize how far off I was from doing that until I told my ACL. But you, you just mentioned you wanted to go to another club in Europe, perhaps maybe after that, but you came back to Dalmatsvenskan and then you left for a club that's not in Europe. I did. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, you left for racing Louisville in the NWSL, which is an American league. Tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? So, like, I was, like, I wanted to, to move abroad again after I finished uh, my season with Kiefer Brew. Um, but I, moving to the NWSL was never, never on my mind. Um, and then they reached out, um, and I was like, well, I don't know. Like, it's so far. Like, I don't really know anything about the league. But it was just like one of those opportunities you can't turn down. Uh, it felt like it, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I would be silly to 
to turn this down. So it was quite easy um, to to say yes. Because you've 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 played almost every single game, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, not every game, not every game, almost. Uh, I played a lot. Yes, yes, I did more than I expected. To be fair, yeah. So how has that been finding your position in a new team across like in another country? How's that been for you? It's been very challenging. I'm not going to lie. Um, the soccer in the NWSL is a bit different from the European soccer. Uh, also, I now, like this past season, I've been playing as a number six, like a more of a defensive holding midfielder. Um, in Kiferbru, I played as an eight, more box to box, and I was more in the attacking play as well. So also that getting used to playing a different position as well as adapting to the league and the speed of the league, especially, um, has been challenging. Um, and also like off the field, like finding your rhythm in your everyday life. Um, so yeah, but it's been fun and I'm, I'm soon leaving again to be back. So I'm excited for that. And. What would you say is the biggest difference between the NWSL and the Matsvenskan, like in the leagues? I would say uh, the NWSL is more tra- uh, tra- transitional. Um, it's faster, more direct, not as tactical. Uh, and the players are like faster, like everything requires that you, you are a bit more on your toes. And Is it a harder league? Yes. And you've done so well in the NWSL that you've gotten offers from big clubs in Europe, to say the least, uh, Real Madrid. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> ah, the rumors. Uh, yes. Um, and that, that was like, I was very, I was kind of surprised, um, uh, and very like flattered that uh, they saw something in me and that they wanted me in such like a, a big name. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And pe- people dream about playing for, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid as kids, but you turned them down. Uh, how, how come? Um, it wasn't easy. Um, I was having d- discussions with my agent and with several different people, honestly, like, Oh, can someone just like make a decision for me? Uh, but in the end, like I felt, like I had more to give in the NWSL and for racing Louisville and just everything we get there is, it's like so professional. It's like top level. Like you feel like a real professional, which is not um, something you do in every woman club in the world. So, well, so it's just, I felt like I had more to give and like, I really believed in, or I believe not believe like I'm still there. Like I believe in what racing Louis will want to accomplish and like, yeah. And what I want to do. And I think we have something great going on there. So I, I really want to be a part of that still. Um, and also like, I find it very challenging playing in the league and like at practice. So I feel like I have more to develop from, from being in racing Louis will. So yeah. Also, to be fair, like it, I feel like this first year is also like you have to adapt to the league and everything. So a second year would be great. You know, now you know what to expect. 
um, more like, and you have your life maybe outside soccer. And like last year was pretty tough mentally. And I hopefully like this year will be a bit easier because now I know more. Um, so I was also thinking about my mental health and yeah, everything else with that. And before we move on, I just have one more question. And it's the fact that you now have a Swedish coach. Mm, yes, I do. So how does it feel to have like a Swedish coach coming in and to play your second year with him? Um, that feels good. Uh, I've talked to him. I met him once before and uh, I, I'm excited. He will probably bring something like that maybe a North American coach can't bring maybe more like he's been coaching in Asia and like in Europe. So maybe, maybe I'm saying maybe, I don't know, but it would be more like European influence the way we will play. Um, but also like it kind of nice to be able to talk your, your language with the coach. You've also represented Sweden in the U23 youth national team how does that feel to be able to put that shirt on for your country and to just represent it whenever you get the opportunity to i mean i'm very thankful and honored when i get to to play for the a swedish team so that has been like a moment where i feel very proud of myself and yeah i think i did like three u23 caps so i'm pretty happy with that like it's something special to do that so yeah mia take it away okay so now ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now we're going into the deep tactical analysis stuff. Because you have said uh, a lot of things now that I want to ask you about, actually. Um, like for... for let, let's begin with the fact that in the Dahmal Svenskan for Kiffer Urbro, uh, why do you, why do you say Urbro in English? We say Kiff Urbro. Um, you played like more a box to box midfielder and a number eight. Can you tell us about how Kiff Urbro uh, played with, in the midfield with you as a part of it? Yeah. Um, we had like different formations, but I was using the way I, like my last year I was there, like I had more of a free role. Um, I got to do a little bit as I wanted to, um, going to attack and yeah, be, be in the box or taking like deep runs in the deep. Um, so I felt more like I can do a bit more of what I wanted kind of. So I was a bit more free. Um, yeah, I, I even, they put me as a 10 a few games. But also with that being said, like uh, another year, like I was playing a wing back. Um, but that was like when I was young. So 
I mean, like a little bit like all over the place. Uh, but I would definitely say that eight is my preferred position and where I feel mo- most comfortable and where my quality as a soccer player comes out the best. Yeah. And, th- and this is quite interesting because this is also something we see a lot of when, when, you know, you get picked up from other clubs and teams and then all of a sudden we see you play like oh this is interesting mm-hmm. and and this i mean it must be the coaches that see something in the player uh one or two abilities that they see they can build around uh, and will fit the unit like the starting 11 that the coach wants to play so where did you end up as a six and how did that come about because this is this must be i mean a different story and path to yeah oh yeah for sure um so when i first talked to the um uh, to the coach we had back then like he said that he wanted to play me initially as an eight um but he also could see me as a six so it was not like surprise surprise when i got there um, but then during preseason, like I started a few games as a six, uh, I was also a bit injured. So they wanted to, to not make me run as much. Um, and I mean, we were kind of like, there was another girl who used, we have a few girls playing a six, but, uh, some of them were injured and stuff like that. And we had two other like good center midfielders. So I guess they thought that I was the map best match to play play as a six and um, I mean I'm also like my defensive play is probably one of my strengths as well as a player so um, I guess I could contribute uh, in that way a lot especially since the NWSL is so transitional Uh, I could really go into pressure and try to intercept the, the play and win the ball back um, yeah. So I would presume that 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 is your role as well, you know, just stopping midfielder, not coming through. No transitions will be done here in my with in my care. <laughs> Don't you enter? <laughs> yeah, it, it was so funny. Like they always wanted me to, or they always want me to stay central. Um, and sometimes, because like I didn't really have that mindset, I was like running like oh i want to be in the attack and i could just hear the center back screaming freya hold hold stay central i was like fuck yeah right Uh, i'm supposed to you know be be there um it's an important role and like everyone on the field has a role they have to have to yeah yeah they have to play this is your role yeah this is your position but this is your role i mean i just yeah. started to catch up on that you know because it, it's really interesting especially with midfielders like sixes and eights because you can have you can be an attacking minded six number six and you can have that role as well but then you can be more i mean your role could be just like no you're the defensive minded yeah. six you have to stay here yeah. definitely and, and honestly like i think the best sixes are the ones that can do both um that can also like they know when it's time to go and attack uh but they also like know when to stay and um, yeah 
it requires that you are pretty smart as a six, I would say, to know when to go. And like, I had to learn the hard way. And maybe since it was my first year playing as a six, I saved a lot. Like, and maybe I didn't go sometimes when I, I think I could have. Uh, but I was maybe saving a bit more. Um, yeah. But, you know, shooting the distance shots and all that beautiful stuff you can do as six as well. So it's not only defense when you think about the defensive midfielder. No, it's it certainly isn't. But I mean, yeah, the midfield role, like you said, you you have to be. You you said that you think it's important or like to be flexible to to do to be able to. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think it as a midfielder is it important to be a specialist on something on some role or do you think? It's important to be able to just, okay, too bad. You have to play an eight today because we have injured players and, and this is it. You have to go in. Do you think it's important to be able to play uh, every role across the midfield good? I mean, like in quality. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I think that that's a great, uh, great quality. To have as a center midfielder and for any soccer player really to be able to play on, on another position than the position that you might prefer. Um, obviously like some players are like really made for playing a certain position. Uh, but to be able to be flexible, uh, I think that's a great quality to have and, uh, a quality that, that is like very attractive for coaches. Uh, they know like they can rely on these players that they can fill in any spots. So, yeah. So to, to someone now that is listening and mm-hmm. does not watch the NWSL that much and, and would like describe what a midfielder in your league need to be good at. Um, run. Like a, ro- a lot of running, uh, a lot of cutting, like be able to press. Um, to know when to step and when to hold. I think as a six, you have to be smart. Um, when it comes to that goes for every league though, like finding the spaces and everything, like in the offensive build up, like you know where to go. Um, but really just, just be ready to, to run. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of running. Yes. If you don't know, and that's something like I, as a soccer player, always have as my, can you say as a mantra? I don't know. But like, I remember my dad told me when I was young that sometimes your touch isn't there. Like, you're, I don't know, like you might not be best friend with the ball, but you could always run and fight. Like, it sounds cliche, but it's, it's so true. Like, you can always run and fight for your teammates and cover ground and doing all the shitty work if you have a bad day with the ball or whatever. Uh, and I think that's something that I think about also sometimes like, oh, f- well, at least I can run. I mean, I- I'm starting to get the hangout of why you are playing in the NWSL and why you're so comfortable there now <laughs> when, you, uh-huh. when you get those advi- advices as a child, just run for it and, and fight. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
Yes. yes. So yeah. we're going into the more like differences between Sweden and the NWSL where you are now uh, when it comes to preparing for a game, you know, information. Uh, as a player, mm-hmm. you get a lot of information. Uh, I mean, if, if you n- know a league very, I mean, deep, like in the Dalmat sense, can you, you probably have played when you have played for a couple of seasons, you started starting to know your opponents in a way. So uh, comparing to Sweden and the Damalsvenskan, and now you're in the NWSL and Louisville, how do you work with the information and analysis? Can I add something on the last question though? Like I was just thinking about it now, uh, that also like as a center midfielder in the NWSL, I think the speed of play is very important because yeah, I get caught sometimes because I wasn't fast enough. Uh, just want to put it out there. Uh, I'm glad you admit it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, good yeah, for to sure. see because then, then we see what you improve on as well. Oh yeah, a lot of things to improve on as well. Uh, no, but when it comes to uh, terms of analysis, uh, like last year, we had like an analysis, like an analysis session every day before practice. Uh, I think like it could be defensive work, how we would want to defend, or it could be how the opponent we are playing that weekend is going to play in their attacking game. And then usually we have a practice to, to match that. So if we would have an analysis about uh, the opponent's attacking play, we will train on our defense like how we would defend that. Uh, so we work a lot of with, with that. And also like after games, we always have like a match analysis. Uh, um, mo- mostly like I would say it's maybe positive things and then maybe something negative. Um, it depends on how the game went, of course. And also a lot, I was not used to that, but it was a lot of ta- uh Stats, stats, that's the, the name. Uh, we used a lot of stats, like looking at numbers and this and that. Um, and that was something we didn't do when I was in Sweden with Kiefer Bro uh, in the same way. Um, so I found that very interesting. So this is also interesting because this is very different. It's, it's different between how players themselves use stats. Mm-hmm. So you say this is it. You say stats. Uh, are interesting why are they interesting to you and why how can you use it to improve your own game um i think stats is interesting because like sometimes um you you might have a feeling about something and then you look at the stats and like oh shit i was totally wrong like i had that many interception interceptions or like i only did like that many passes and incorrect passes and yeah it's like all kind of stats that you can think of, there is. Uh, it's so much. And also, when you then look at the game, you can see sometimes like the stats are not like 100% correct. And you can like see, okay, maybe that counted as a, as a pass, as a successful pass, but it, it might not have been in your eyes. Um, so you have to take it with, with a scoop of salt as we say in Sweden. 
I don't know if yeah that that, that was a very sweet Swedish <laughs> yes you know say but we like that we yeah. need to bring the Swinglish uh-huh. uh, yeah to this podcast <laughs> as well uh, so do do you watch a lot of football do you watch football games on your spare time so this is something that I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit but I do not watch a lot of soccer. I've been better like these past two years, I would say, because I think that is an important uh, thing to do because you can learn so much by watching other players in your position or just like other teams. Um, so I think I can gain a lot when it comes in terms of when it comes to like tactical stuff by actually start watching more games. Uh, so that's something that I need to improve on. Because uh, I think it's important. Um, I know I do watch my own clips because they always like cut clips for us. Like, and I always watch our game, usually straight after the game. Like, I I need to rewatch the game, but I definitely need to be better to watch other team plays because I I do think that's something to it. So the last question on this part. I'm curious on what you're seeing, what you see in the, mm-hmm. let's talk about the six, uh, the number six role then. What do you see the role, do you see the role as it is now in the future or do you see where it's headed maybe? Um, I mentioned it a little bit, but I think like the six, um, you like soccer in general i think the best team are the teams that are able to to run and press and like work hard and i think as a six i'm not sure because like i haven't watched a lot of soccer as a kid either but like i think as a six like it it will also like develop to the kind of player that are able to attack and defend as well like be a really good defensive player but also a really good attacking player um also like i don't know as a six is the most attractive six are also very good at um dif- uh, distribution the ball like yeah i don't know if i say that word correctly but yeah um yeah so, i don't know but yeah i know my coach like he tells me something that i ha- have to work on is my my longer passes and to play faster and yeah uh, i also get a lot of like good feedback when i take my attacking runs like oh something happened something unpredictable and i think that kind of stuff is important especially nowadays when teams are like playing so similar in a sense so like yeah to really be able to to do the unexpected yeah uh yeah, I said I was gonna answer you, uh, ask you the last question, but I'm I'm gonna have to add mm-hmm. one more because <laughs> you say a lot of interesting stuff now. But um, as a six for you, uh, the other positions on the pitch, what do you, what other positions do you feel that you have to be most integrated with? These are the positions I need to really have a good relationship with to be fair as a six i feel like you in general have to be able to connect with 
every player on the field. Like there, because you are in the center, uh, you have to be able to have a good community, uh, uh, communication, community, communication from your center backs. And that communication has to be good. And also like your offensive, offensive center midfielders, um, like doing, yeah, I have to be good. Like, and you also like have to be able to control. Yeah. To really control the game in front of you. Um, and I, a lot was demanded from me when in terms of communication and to really, you know, talk to my fellow, fellow players. Um, Cause it comes down that someone has to do it. Like if you see someone go and you need someone to stay, you have to call it and like, yeah, do all of that. So, so to answer your question, I think every player from a six uh, perspective is important to have a good connection with. I mean, if you run up and down all the time, like you say in the NWSL, you need to, to be aware of, of your surroundings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I usually only run to the end of the, the circle as a six and then I'm like sitting and waiting for a counter-attack a little yeah, bit like that. Th- that line is your stop stop <laughs> I'm not going over yeah well, stop. well. no further yeah well yeah. let's wrap up that section it was a very interesting talk actually uh, I, th- I think every time we do this you know you you get another perspective on the mm-hmm on a role and a position. And then when you watch, when I go watch a football game, the next time I, I usually think of stuff we have been talking on, uh, oh, that's interesting. on this yeah. podcast. So it's more fun to watch football after. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So Amanda, would you like to take us into the next part? Yes. With uh, We have some questions yeah. from some listeners. We have questions from listeners. We're going to start off with a, two questions from Abdullah Abdullah on Twitter. Kunabd. Question number one is, who has been the hardest midfielder opponent you've had to face? And how has that made you adjust or even help improve your game? I feel like I'm not like really interacting with her that much. But like Lindsay Horan in Portland, like she's like so crazy good. And just like watching her uh, makes me... Like, I would say she has an impact. Um, the way she plays, like, I kind of want to play as well. Like, I take a lot of, like, oh, this is how you're supposed to, to, to play this role. Or, like, yeah. And the question number two is, do you prefer having more time? No, do you prefer having more or less time on the ball in the midfield? Well, I would love to have the ball as much as I can. Uh, if that's the right, if I understand the question right i mean who who doesn't want to have the ball but also like when it, it comes to the terms of do i like to have like pressure around me uh no not really yeah and then we have three questions from josh at audio solite he wants to know your role as a number six the responsibilities can be broadly categorized into screening and ball progress progressions often Times as a screening presence ahead of a def- uh, of the defense, there is a lot of space to cover, whether in transition or providing cover for a fullback. How do you think about optimizing that? Um, I think 
it's all about trying to to read or to be one step ahead um to look at where are the opponent where are the dangerous spaces and to really try to figure out uh where you can best place yourself to to be able to to run to all those kind of spaces uh also like the center of the field is always the most dangerous place on the field and as a six i think like that is my main main area that i i i need to be there like in the central so um and that was something that we talked a lot about during this uh, past season also like i need to stay central because cover the central area like prioritize um but it's all all about you know being one step ahead you know trying to make it predictable uh for the fullback uh if you place yourself somewhere the rest of the backline can adjust to that um yeah so the next question is then um also a number six are often caught in isolated defensive situations uh, in such case- cases How do you deal with players with a speed advantage over you? And how important does body orientation become in not allowing them to fly past you? Oof, this is very impo- important. Um, and like I said a little bit when I answered the, the last question, um, if you can make it predictable, because sometimes you know that you you're not going to win the ball, but if you can make it predictable for the back line, they know how to adjust and maybe they can like intercept the ball or do the next next thing so we can win the ball back so your job is not always to to maybe win the ball back it can be to actually just make it clear for the backline where the ball is heading um in terms of like body shape and like how to that is super important because if you if you do not have the correct body shape or like body What was the word? Body, body orientation. They can like easily pass you or whatever. So you really have to be careful with that. But with your body orientation, you can make it predictable for the backline. Uh, once again, yeah. And the last question: uh, How do you work to be more influential in possession as well as out of possession? You know, finding the spaces and not. This is something that I working on a lot uh, as a soccer player because sometimes I get too eager to actually go towards the ball because I want to help or whatever. But maybe to to wait and to to hold your space um, and to stay and let the play go, and then you are in the right spot to maybe get the, uh, get the second ball or when the the play switches. I think that's a good way that you can interact better with the ball and to have more influence on the ball once you get it as well because then you know where you you're at and yeah so when you have the ball then how how do you how would you answer the same question if if we're gonna talk about your influence on possession i mean you gotta know like before you get the ball like where where are my teammates and sometimes like also maybe there is a game plan that i'll We're gonna aim for these spaces, and maybe you can like head it 
blind, blindly because you know that someone is going to be there because we talked about it and you know uh, and this all also comes a lot with like connection with your teammates like you just know some some players um where they're going to be um but it's yeah i mean to have the influence to to change the tempo of the game like usually when they play a center pass in the, in the middle maybe that's the time where we have to change the pace uh on the ball uh, or if we win the ball back and you get it, maybe it's time to slow down the game. Um, so maybe you can say that as a center midfielder, you're a bit uh, like a motor. <laughs> can you say, yeah, and the engine, the engine on the team a little bit. And you can, you know, put full speed on or you can pull it down a bit. Yeah. So the last section, Amanda. Let's take it away. Hit me. So we've reached uh, this or that. We have five questions. Rapid fire. I I ask them. You answer by not giving it a second thought and just go with whatever you feel like in the moment. A good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. Intercepting a interception a, a pass. Yep. The second one. Dribbling your way out of pressure on your own or playing out of it with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate? And dribbling. More fancy. <laughs> Coming on from the bench to make an impact to get the win or be in the starting lineup in a mediocre game? Well, yeah, I want to start. Let's take starting. We want to we start. <laughs> yeah. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack? Stop a counting counterattack start a perfect attack from the back that results in a goal or scoring one yourself scoring one myself and should we just say that's a wrap and just say see you next week Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.